Just the people party. Live from the blue note. 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 Come on. What's up, party people? It's the BKMC Talib Kwali. We are live in Napa Valley at the Blue Note Jazz Fest. Jazz music is literally in the air. My man Anderson Pack is on stage right now with knowledge. And this festival allows artists to be their true self. Normally, Anderson Pack could come here and do something with Bruno Mars. He could do his own solo stuff with all those Oxnard and Malibu. But he wanted to do No Worries, which is a project that us underground Anderson Pack fans know. Shout out my man Anderson Pack. Absolutely. I just finished seeing Rakim on stage with Jazzy Jeff and the Soul Rebels. And I rushed over here to interview the curator and one of the founders of this beautiful festival this guest needs no introduction i called him a jazz pianist the last time he was sitting here correcting me he said i do all genres world-class musician <laughs> producer songwriter freestyler works with mac miller rest in peace kendrick lamar herbie hancock yasin bay Bilal, dezo curry q-tip just to name a few you me, myself, and I, <laughs> Grammy Award winning, he's given us Mood Canvas in My Element Double Book, Black Radio, three black radios, everything's beautiful, art and science, which I'm on, fuck your feelings, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah, his yeah. skills have seen him at different festivals, and we at a festival now, we don't have a lot of time, so I'm gonna get right into it, my man's Rolodex is crazy, his DMs is crazy, ladies and gentlemen, crazy. give it up for Robert Glass, we're in the place to be. Yes, yes, yes. On the People's Party. How you doing, Robert? I'm good, man. Can't complain. You got this a lot great. of stuff going on. A lot going on. I seen the security try to kick you off stage yesterday, and you said, <laughs> you looked him up and down and said, this is my festival. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely to see you. Um, <laughs> you corrected me last time you did this podcast. I said, you're the best, one of the best jazz pianists in the world. You said, one of the best pianists in Pianist. the world. Um, I've heard the quote, there are no wrong notes in jazz. Right. And we are at the Blue Note Jazz Festival. Yes. Is this quote true? Yes, there are no wrong notes. You just have to know how to play the note. Okay. You know what I mean? You got to know what to do with it. Because yeah. it, it could be, it could, it, if you, you know, depends on how you use it. You linger on it too long, things go, you know, you know how to move with it. It's, right. It's, 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 it could be what it needs to be. It could be so if you you're know. a great jazz musician, there are no wrong notes. Absolutely. Right. And you're free. You're free. And you know what to you know how to stick and move. What up, Keon Harold? Keon Harold. Keon, come say what's up real quick. What up? Because we need Keon Harold on people's party. I just want you to come and say hi to people real quick. Absolutely. You know, this is the type of thing that happened at Blue No Jazz Festival. It's like a family reunion. People just walk by. We're not gonna mic them up. We don't got time for that. I just want the people to put eyes on Keon. My just brother. say what's up to the what people. Time? What's up, people? I just wanted the people's party. See how we do. People's Absolutely. Party. <laughs> I'm gonna be doing that a lot in this in this uh, 45 minutes. We wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I, I do want Keon to answer this question along with Robert. Okay. Give me, give me that mic. Give me that mic. I, this question is for both of y'all. All right. So shout out to Nick Payton. Absolutely. He he Absolutely. is he is on social media disparaging the word jazz all the time <laughs> right because right. he's from a tradition of people of jazz artists that that look at the word jazz as maybe too too limiting right, right? can you maybe break down what nicholas payton is trying to say when he says don't define us as jazz especially since we're here in 2023 at the jazz festival for me yeah um both for y'all the thing is we're rooted in 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 in, in culture so 
for somebody to say we only play jazz, that's very, very limiting. Yes. That's like saying, you know, we're American. We're, we're so much deeper than that. We're so much ancestrally deeper than that. Um, I mean, we know hip-hop. I knew hip-hop before I knew jazz. I yeah. knew gospel music before I knew what jazz was, before I was introduced yeah. to all of that stuff. So we're not monolithical musicians. We are artists who who go deep, who appreciate a wide array of things, from African music to, to Indian music to jazz to, to whatever. We do yeah. it all. So we don't like to be limited. No doubt. Um, there's, no, there's no wrong notes we got to find the right spaces no doubt. to put them in. There you go. That's it right there. Make some noise. That one right there. <laughs> Thank you, brother. That's come all on. I needed from the you. The people's you, party. Much love. No doubt. Come you want to come more here and, okay. and chop it up with us. Let me get that. My brother. But, Glasper, you got something you want to add to that? Yes, sir. That was perfect. That's perfect, right? I love the way he said that. You got to right. find the right spaces to put no them doubt. in. No doubt. Um, thank you for having me on Art and Science with K. Trinata. Absolutely. K. Trinata is amazing. We got any K. Trinata fans paying attention right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, on name drop on that project. Yeah. You name drop the keyboard players to give them they love. Yeah. You shout out my man, Whiskey Boys alum, Big Yuki. Yep. You also shout out Daniel Jones. Absolutely. Rest in peace to Daniel Rest Jones. Rest in peace, Daniel Jones. Absolutely. Tell the people about Daniel Jones and how he was so important to the music. Man, Daniel was my brother. I went to, uh, me and Daniel both went to arts high schools. I went to the one in high school, I mean, in, in Houston. Mm -hmm. He went to the one in Dallas. And we were like rivals, you know what okay. I mean? So he went yeah, to the Texas boy. Texas boy. Yeah. So he went to the arts high school with Erica mm -hmm. and, and Erica Badu and Roy Hargrove. Mm -hmm. I went to the high school with Jason Moran and Beyonce. Okay. You know what I mean? And we had okay. this thing going. But we became really, really good friends. We went to college together. And man, Daniel was a, such a great pianist, a great arranger. He was the one the arranging, you know, he was the MD for Janet Jackson mm -hmm. in these last few years, Erica in these last few years, Justin Timberlake arranging mm -hmm. all these shows. And, you know, he's just a, such a, such a, just a, a, a incredible talent and such a good guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's one of the people when he walks in the room, he lights up the room. You know what yeah. I mean? He's just full of, full of joy. And we're going to miss him so much, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Keon said, you know, a lot of us got into jazz uh, or other forms of music because yeah. of hip-hop, sampling music. And when I went on tour with Hot Tech in 2010 for yeah. a second album, he was like, I want to bring this keyboard player with us. Killing. Daniel, that's how we met. What? Yeah, oh, through Hot man. Tech. Yeah, man. Wow. We're going to miss him. Oh. Yeah, so. I didn't even know he played with Hot Tech. I have no so idea. so much connection. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Speaking of being genreless. Yeah. The mixtape is a hip-hop thing. Yes. But you brought the mixtape into the jazz spectrum. Mm -hmm. You have a couple of mixtapes. The one I just mentioned with K. Trinata. I feel like yep. that's a mixtape. Yep, yep. And then, of course, the Fuck Your Feelings mixtape. Yep. <laughs> where, how many people have heard Robert Glasper's Fuck Your Feelings mixtape? It's not Fuck Your Feelings, it's Fuck, fuck Your, your Feelings. Atheon <laughs> Crockett is rhyming on the intro yep. until you stop him. Yeah. Um... <laughs> There's a beat playing in the background. You want to freestyle for the people like you be freestyling? Um, you know what? That, that's an extra ticket. There's a certain <laughs> wristband you got to have to hear me freestyle. You're going to hear him freestyle tonight with a chance to rapper. Who are you playing with tonight? Tonight, I'm doing my band, but I'm going to have... You know, I don't know who's going to be on the side. It might be yo ass if you're there. I'm there. Live, you too. I don't know. But I, I have Bilal with me tonight okay. as my feature special guest. But yeah. there are definitely pop-up people that's going to come popping Shout up. Shout out Bilal. He popped up on my set Absolutely. last night. It Absolutely. Was yes, sir. Endangered Black Woman. Great record. Yes. You always have social messaging on your, your very pro-black 
Um, very spiritual on your record. Shout out to Amir Suleiman who's walking around. Amir Suleiman, uh, he's yes, on indeed. the new, uh, the latest record. Yeah, Black you know Radio Three for sure. Um, shout out to Terrace Martin. I saw him on the golf cart when yep. I was past here. Terrace Martin is one of my favorite human beings. Yeah, me too. Uh, your work with <laughs> Terrace and Knife Wonder, who's here, and yes. Kamasi Washington. Um, I'm gonna throw Felix. Is that how I say his name? Yeah, Felix. I'm gonna yep. throw Felix in there. Absolutely. Um, the pandemic gave us not one but two dinner party albums. Yes. Um, yes. First responders and Eat to Live by me and Mad Lib share a similar origin story. I'm saying that instead of saying samples these days. Yes. Similar origin story. Yeah. But tell me about coming up with the dinner pro dinner party project. Yes. Yeah, so dinner party was a project me and Terrence thought of pretty much during the pandemic. We were thinking of ways we wanted to put out some music, and we've always been trying to do something with myself and Kamasi and 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 Knife Wonder, but we we're trying to do something to where. Originally, it was for the club, so we would we could do shows from the DJ booth. Mm -hmm. So originally, it was like, okay, let's do a let's do a band where we could just be in the DJ booth, not have to have a stage with drums and bass and right. all these things. We could just have knife spinning. I have a little keyboard. Me and Kamasi, Kamasi and Terrace up there with horns, and we're kind of just there. So it's a kind of a different setup than the actual live band experience, you know. And it just gave us something to do during the pandemic, you know. What I mean so we were yeah. just sending files to each other during the pandemic when we weren't allowed to be you know weren't allowed to be in the same room with each other you know like a lot of people you know I like to say we were musical first responders to people I felt right. like I felt responsible like hey you know what I need to do something for my fans right now we need music what can I do to help mm -hmm. people but when I'm making music it was helping me yeah. You know, because so many of our, you know, so many artists, you know, were so depressed. Yeah. And, you know, couldn't get out of that dark yeah. hole. And, you know, and creating kind of helps you get out of that. You know what I mean? I dealt with a like a crisis of faith because when I got back on stage after the pandemic, I couldn't remember a lot of those lyrics. Mm. And I was like, well, who am I? Yeah. Who am I really? If I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to work through that. Yeah. Um, Freeze and Love You Bad. These records ran the playlist. The playlisting on streaming is like radio at this point. Absolutely. Those records ran those playlists. Absolutely. Yes, it was indeed. Great. It and was um, great. Robert Glasper don't bite. You know, I'm, I know he's a very intimidating guy, but y'all can move closer. <laughs> Big Vaughn, you can come closer. You don't have to stand come so far away. Come closer. Shout out to my man Big Vaughn from KMEL in the Bay Area. Come he's on. also the Black Star DJ, and he's just standing there like he's just a regular guy. But yeah, come closer. Um, Let's talk about Herbie Hancock for a second. Herbie. Herbie Hancock, one of the greatest musicians of all time. Um, Herbie, can't, Herbie Hancock has someone, is someone who taps in to the younger musicians. Yes. I feel like you learned that from him. Absolutely. Um, explain your connection for the people to Herbie Hancock. Herbie Hancock is the reason why I'm able to do what I do. You know, he's a, a jazz piano player, if you will that was able to cross over in his 40s. Yes. He did Rocket <laughs> in 43, right? Yeah, he did Rocket, yeah, like 42, 43, yeah, something, something like that. that, years old. Rocket, when it came out, was like the biggest like hip-hop breakdance song in the country. They were like a national breakdance competition, and 25 of the 26 breakdancers Dance to Rocket. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. He got a he got a hip hop MTV award. He's a hip hop innovator. He's a hip hop innovator. He's foundational to hip hop. Literally. Yeah. Literally. And Herbie has no boundaries. He just loves music, you know, and he loves learning. Even right now, at age 83, Herbie will come. If I'm playing a show somewhere, I've had Herbie jump up on Dilla songs I'm playing. You mm -hmm. know, he's like, he just wants to soak up everything. He's never done learning. 
And that's so inspiring for somebody who doesn't have to learn anything else if he doesn't feel like it. You know what I mean? But just that spirit of that, the spirit of, you know, just wanting to soak up energy from younger people is, is that's why he's still here. That's why he's still thriving. And he sounds better than ever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's incredible. You mentioned Dilla. Yeah. Um, I feel like this festival is in the spirit of Dilla. Yes. Um, I have Dilla in my set. Yep. You have Dilla in your set. Yep. No Worries is on right now. They're inspired by Dilla. Yep. I've been hearing interpolation of Dilla and Doom and Madlib all through this festival. Yeah, with JD back in the... Yeah, 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 yeah man. Yeah. Um, tell me about how Dilla bridges all these worlds of music. I mean, if you listen to music, Dilla bridged me some her- to some Herbie Hancock I wasn't hip to. Mm. When I first met Dilla... You know, I got a, I got a, uh, the honor of staying with him at his, you know, be, being with him. Bilal brought me with him to to be with Dilla for like two weeks in Detroit to work mm-hmm. on Bilal's first album. And while I was there, you know, Dilla hit me to so many albums, jazz records that I wasn't privy to, you know, that he sampled, you know what I mean? And, you know, if you listen to his music, he takes from so many things. He takes from so much so much. You have to be so knowledgeable to be a good producer, mm-hmm. and not and not just knowledgeable of hip hop. You have to be knowledgeable of so many genres of music to be a good producer and to be an actual really good DJ. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You have mm-hmm. to be knowledgeable of music outside of the realm of hip hop, and to make great hip hop, you have to be knowledgeable of those things. That's so, the greatest. <laughs> that's the greatest thing about hip hop. Yeah, absolutely. That if you're a fan of hip hop, you're a fan of everything. You have to be a fan of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so Jay Dilla was a big influence on me and my playing. Like, he's literally one of my biggest influence. He's a producer who influenced my piano playing. You know what I mean? That doesn't happen very often. Normally, it's the other way around. Producers are influenced by the musicians and by the records, and they're influenced by that. But Jay Dilla influenced a whole generation of a certain style of how to play. And I brought that into the jazz world. From where I was, you know, so then, and, and I, you know, he influenced R&B. To me, that's where you, when people say Neo Soul, that, in my mind, that's nothing but Jay Dilla influenced R&B. That's right. <laughs> now, speaking of R&B, you was beefing with Lauryn Hill. Yeah. And then you was beefing with Chris Brown. Yeah. Why you got all this beef with R&B, bro? What's going on? <laughs> Chris Brown was beefing with me. Chris Brown was beefing with me. I know. You know what? It's, it's so funny because, you know... It is weird. It's not normal. What I do is not, I know what I do is not normal. People know me as a musician, as a piano player. Mm-hmm. Most people know me as a jazz piano player. Mm-hmm. But, you know, all, I, but, you know, I've lived in this, in this R&B hip hop world mm-hmm. in a certain way. So people in their mind, when you hear my name, it's just like, you just think jazz. That's it. I think it's a that's little it. deeper than that. I think it's, um, last time you were on the show, you spoke about how, because of the limitations to how people see jazz, when you made the black radio albums, you submitted them for Grammys as R&B albums. Yes. Right? So now you're submitting albums for Grammys as R&B albums, but these albums have her and Michelle and Cello and Erica Badu and yeah. Yasin Bey. And, you know, yeah, it's got yeah. all these great people who be associated with R&B. And the, the Grammys are more old school. Yeah. So they're going to be more tapped into the jazz world. But Chris Brown, the R&B he's doing is more radio, nightclub, contemporary. So in right. his world, right. a, a Robert Glasper might not make it into his world right. to make him be like, well, who the fuck is Robert Glasper? Right, right. You know I mean? But the problem, but this is the thing. That was a traditional R&B category. Mm-hmm. It was called traditional R&B category. Okay. There is another category. Ah, okay. And it's, it's called... Um, 
Chris Brown type R&B. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what's it called? Progressive R&B. Okay, okay, okay. By the way, they, the progressive R&B category was influenced by black radio. Well, really, okay. Michelle Degocello was the first person to bring in the thought of having another shout R&B. Out to Michelle, shout out to Michelle, who was at this festival yesterday. And who's on my new album with Mad Lib Liberation. Absolutely. Two, part two. Michelle's the reason why they started to have, they started having a separate R&B category that was more out of the box of what you regularly call R&B. Things that have, you know, have more more influence of other genres. It's a little bit out of, more out of the box than the traditional R&B. So shout out to Michelle. So after she did it, then it went away because mm-hmm. there wasn't enough, there wasn't enough people right. putting Albums in that category. Then when Black Radio came around, that's when that kind of that's when I came back. You know what right. I mean? So definitely shout out to Michelle Degocello for giving us a space to live. But that's where Chris Brown's record should have been. Progressive R and B. Right. My R and B has live instruments where it started. Right. So if anything, right. he shouldn't have been in my category. <laughs> shout out to Breezy. Shout um, out to Breezy though. He's awesome. Yeah. I, I have no beef with him. I talked to him after. Right. I told him I, I want to work with it's him. Hilarious. I always and, think he's super And tell him where they could get the Who the Fuck is Robert Glasper t shirts. The Who the Fuck is Robert Glasper t shirts. You can get them right there at the merch table. Right there we at the are merch. here. <laughs> <laughs> now, how many people watching have been to see Robert Glasper live at the Blue Note before? Okay, one person. Two people. They're all raising their hand over there. Right. So in New York City at the Blue Note, legendary Blue Note. Robert Glasper will perform for six months straight. Six weeks. I meant that. I meant six months. <laughs> you once like did, six months, you right? did 48 shows in a row, yeah. two sets a night. Yeah. What are some of the most memorable performances from those runs? Ooh. Shoot. You've been a part of some of them, too. I had you, a good time. You, I think one time, I think I had Black Thought, you and most on stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At one time. You know what I mean? Yeah, I've had uh, her come through there and rock with us. One time I had I had Kanye, Lupe, and Yasin on stage yep. at one time. Yep. You know, uh, I can't even remember all the things. It's it's so many. Jesus, I can't even think. I can't even think. It's so many things. Having having Rashid, having having um. um what's yeah, I mean, you in a group Rashid, and, the August yeah, Green, August Green. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just been. A cycle of just amazing people just walking through, like coming up. Some things are pop-ups. Sometimes Dave pops in, Dave Chappelle pops in. He'll one time, a few times I've had, you know, Dave and Chris Rock come and open up shows for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. You know, they'll go up there together and do a set. And then I come on stage. You know what I mean? Just like, and then we'll go across the street to the comedy club. Mm-hmm. And I'll jump on piano at the comedy club while they tell jokes on my break. Yeah. And then we'll all go back to my show. You know, it's like, it's just, you never know what's going to happen over there. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. His spirit is always hovering around this podcast. Absolutely. Um, Shout you know, to he's Dave. one of my best friends. We have a podcast together, yep. Midnight Miracle, yep. which you actually did the music for. When yep. we, we did Round Midnight Round as Midnight. one of the theme songs. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that, by Not the for way. For sure. Um, how did your relationship with Chappelle develop? Because as you see, it's developed into this beautiful festival as well. Yeah. I actually met Dave Chappelle backstage at a Roots concert at Radio City Music Hall. I feel like it was doing a tribute to Dilla at Radio City. Yeah. For two nights. And I was playing with the Roots at the time. And I did a lot of push Shout out to Questlove. Shout out to Black Thought. All, all the Roots. You know, I was playing with the Roots back when Hub was still there, you know. Rest in peace to Hub. Rest in peace to Hub. Um, but I did a lot of playing with, with the Roots. That's where I got my, cut my teeth on knowing how to play hip hop, really. Between playing with the Roots, 
sitting across from Dilla for two weeks and jamming with him when he's on his MP, going to Q-Tip's house all the time, mm -hmm. doing stuff with Tip. You know, that's really how I learned how to play hip-hop. Can you give us your Q-Tip impersonation? <laughs> <laughs> it's a doozy. So, it's my voice too. I lost my voice. I can't hit the high. I can't get the high pitch. I do have a good one though. Do it. Do it for me backstage. I'll do it for you. Yeah. yeah. Um, you spoke spoke about Dilla again, right? Um, yeah. Last time you were on this show, you named "Stakes Is High" by Jay Dilla as your favorite hip hop sample of all time. Yes. Your favorite hip hop jazz sample. Yes. Um, man, I love this record right here. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm multitasking. I'm listening to <laughs> No Worries Show at the same time. Um, "Stakes Is High" is Ahmad Jamal. Uh, rest in peace to Ahmad Jamal. We lost this year. Absolutely. So speak to the people at Blue No Jazz Fest about the genius of Ahmad Jamal. Ahmad Jamal, people don't know. He was, Ahmad Jamal, it's, it's on record that Miles Davis said that Ahmad Jamal was his favorite pianist. Mm -hmm. You would think it would be Herbie, but it's not. Mm -hmm. It's Ahmad Jamal. Mm -hmm. And Ahmad Jamal was a master at groove and space and just knowing how to let something sit and be. If you ever heard a song called Poinciana, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? It, it 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 just it has an infectious just grooves and let it sit there. He was a Majamal was really about the party. Yeah, <laughs> secretly he was about As the party. All you know good jazz I mean? musicians are. You know what I mean? So yeah. so yeah, rest in peace to my. He wrote some amazing music. Great composer. You know, so many people have sampled Majamal. Nas, mm -hmm. shout out to Nas for his show last night. That's right, beautiful you know? show. Matter of fact, Nas did a thing last night where he took my version of Everybody Wants to that Rule the World. That I did with Layla Hathaway from Black Radio Three, yeah, and fused it with um, uh, "Whose World Is This," yeah, which is an Amal Jamal sample that he got from Amal Jamal's song um, "I Love Music." Shout out to Pete Rock. Shout out to Pete Rock, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah old Pete Rock, uh, Q-Tip, these guys. Dilla introduced us to these to these beautiful samples. Now I was watching, so I didn't repeat the questions. The episode of People's Party you did three years ago. You did this for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love. By the way, I love your show. You're you're really good at this. Thank you, man. I, it's a good. It's so good. I really love the journalism. Yeah. Aspect. No, it's so Thank good. You. Thank yeah, you. give it up. That's Thank you. Really good. I mean, well, I don't watch shows. I don't go on to watch shows. Right. You know, I go on and look up your show. I watch them. Thank you. I, I, I'm, that means the world to me. Seriously, yeah. Now, you said on my show that I was going to be on Black Radio 3. What's up, bro? I wasn't on Black Radio 3. <laughs> What's up? That was that was the pandemic. <laughs> no, no, that was the pandemic album. Right, 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 right. It, it was. It, but it, I was on the mixtape. You was on the mixtape yeah. for sure. Absolutely. On Black, I have you. I just had one rapper on. I just had on Black Radio Three. On Black Radio, I had Pasta, uh, Pasta, Pasta News. Just on the Everybody Loves. Everybody Loves. Let's talk about this record. Everybody. Oh, loves. I had D Smoke too. We did the song. D together. Smoke. Shout out to D Smoke. That's shout a great to record. Yes. Um, Everybody Loves the the solo on that record, man. Oh, yeah, that was a vibe. Yeah, man. That was a vibe. I did that, and I, again, that was during the pandemic, so I did it in my living room. I had to learn how to really use logic, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. To really do that stuff. So that was a piano solo I did in my living room on on on, on logic, that, you know? That might explain what's different, because you're, I mean, obviously you have a lot of great piano solos, but that solo for me hit different. Yeah, I was trying, it was a dance solo. Okay. I, that, that solo, because the song is a house song. Yeah. I've never done a house song ever. Music has never done a house song Shout either. Shout out to Music, whose real Shout name is Talib, Talib, by the way. Talib, exactly. That's my actual brother. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> but I remember DJ Spinner used to try to get me to do house a long time ago, and I never was really into it. I was like, eh. Shout out to DJ Spinner. I started 
turned my career a spinner. Absolutely. And my, my DJ, Jahi Sundance, trapped me in his studio. It was like, we're doing house songs today. Yeah. And, and we did this house song together, me and Jahi. Did this house song together, and I hit music up, and it, we, it just came together. You know what I mean? Before I forget, remind Jahi, I've never said this to you, but I don't know if you know this, but we all have lives before we met each other. Of course. And in the life before I met you, I used to club hop with Jahi Sundance. Did you Word. know that? That makes sense. Ask Jahi Sundance <laughs> about me, him, and his sister, and Coltrane Curtis, Word. and Corey Smith, Going to clubs, and this is before I even knew he was a DJ. Wow! So his life is like as part of the Robert Glasper experience. Yeah, that's, a whole, different Jahi. that's a whole different Jahi. I know right. young Jahi with the with the dreadlocks. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, Shout exactly. out to Jahi Sundance. Absolutely. Um, you mentioned Black Superhero. Yes. On Black Superhero, there's a very distinct, strong five percent ideology. Mm. And for people, are you, you you familiar with what I'm talking about? Hit me to it. Okay, I, I hit you. Oh, you want me to hit you? Hit to me it? to it. Five percent is sort of a uh, an extension of the nation of Islam. Oh, five percenter. Five percenter. Oh yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah, yeah. The idea of the black man is God, and the idea that there's eighty five percent who don't know the truth. There's five percent who know the truth. Right. There's ten percent, um, and the idea that. God is in you, mm-hmm. and God is all of you, yep. and you are all of God. Absolutely. This is the ideology yeah. on this record, Black Superhero. Yeah, for sure. You cut your teeth in the church. Yes. You were raised in the church. Yes. Some of this 5% philosophy doesn't mesh with some of the more traditional Christian themes from the church. Right. I just wanted to get your take on, on your whole spiritual outlook. But that's the thing. It, it, it kind of does because it's, even in the Baptist church, Christians, they say, you know, we are made from his image. You know what I'm saying? God made us in his image. Mm-hmm, that's right. And you know what I mean? So I, I, I do feel like we are all God. We are all a part of God. Mm-hmm. I'm a part of my mother. That's I'm right. I'm a part of my father. If God's the father, you're a part of him. Yes. That's pretty simple to me. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Peace to the gods. Peace to the gods. <laughs> now on Black Radio 3, um, man, it's such a beautiful album. And I'm not talking about the other two black radios because Robert Glasper was on my show before mm. and we covered this. Go yes. back and watch People's Party with Robert Glasper. Yes. But Black Radio 3, Greg Porter and Let Us See on It Don't Matter. Yes. Such a beautiful, oh, gorgeous man. piece of music. Right? Absolutely. Gregory Porter's vo- and Gregory Porter is like, he's like, He's our Nat King Cole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he is literally our Nat King Cole. I love his voice. He could sing, the, like, you know, he could he could sing the the, the theme song to, to and, you know. Yeah. To, to whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it, 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 his, his voice is just butter. Him I and Lettucey together is like Together there. And magic. I, of course, everybody knows I love Lettucey. She's on all my albums. Mm-hmm. I love Lettucey so much. So them, them two as a pair was just, that was that was amazing. And we did that. We actually did that towards the end of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we were able to be in the studio together. Mm-hmm. But they had their booths on separate sides mm-hmm. of the studio. Like, you know, it was, a whole, mm-hmm. it was a whole thing to do it together. But I wanted that back and forth to be as natural as possible, it. yeah. You can feel it on the record. Absolutely. PJ Moore, and you were just talking about, was he on that stage? Did I miss PJ Moore? PJ, I think he's going to be on this. I feel like he's okay. going to be on this stage. Shout out to PJ Moore and NDIRE on Forever. Yes. Beautiful record. Yes. Now, NDIRE went viral a few months ago because uh, Joe Rogan has a podcast on Spotify. He gets like a lot of millions and millions and millions of dollars right. for his podcast on Spotify. And shout out to Joe Rogan's hustle yep. for getting that money. Yep. But NDIRE made a fantastic, excellent point about the fact that Joe Rogan, who says some questionable, controversial things, right. um, things that I don't 
actually agree with mm-hmm. often. Yeah. Um, and he's in my circle because he's cool with Dave. Yeah. But NDRE made the point that, you know, these these streaming platforms will pay, pay a Joe Rogan for his music. Yeah. Pay him millions of dollars up front. But no musician has a deal like that with Spotify. No. Even though their business model is based on music. Uh, me and Yasin Bey, we've kept the Black Star album off of the traditional DSPs. Right. We put it on a podcast a situation, Luminary. It's not there no more. We yeah. put it on Bandcamp because we find the price point and the structure of Bandcamp a lot better for the new Black Star album, Mad Lib, No Fear yeah. Time. Yeah. Speaking on what NDIRE spoke to about streaming, what's your take on the whole streaming thing? So this is my thing. Technology is going to do what it do. Mm-hmm. It's been doing what it does. And we're not going to stop it from doing what it That's does. That's right. Can't so stop progress. You can't stop the progress. And so the onus is on us as artists. The as onus well. is on us as artists. Yeah. So what I what I say is because I could take my records off Spotify, you know what I mean, and do that whole thing. But the reality is, those platforms are huge. Spotify, Apple. I say you know, eighty to ninety percent of the of the people who get music get it from. They get it from there. Yeah. So my my philosophy is, I keep my music on there. And I get my fans from there. When you get your fans from there, then they'll buy tickets and put their butts in the seats when you do shows. You know what I mean? So I don't, I don't even look to make money from selling music anymore. Mm. It's like a business card to me. When I make an album, it's a business card like, hey, come to my show. Mm. I don't look at it as, hey, how much money can I get for selling these records anymore? Because music is free. It's just free. That's just what it is. Right. But if you come to my show, that's when we get it. That's when you can sell your merch. That's when you can put people's butts in the seats. Blue Note Jazz Festival. Blue Note Jazz Festival. That's where it's at. The the idea of making money by selling is just it's it's a it's a lost thing. You know, unfortunately. That only works for real musicians. That's the yeah. whole problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh well. You know, yeah. I mean, you gotta <laughs> think about it. When I saw you maybe with that story, not stories, real life. When Pharrell looked at his check that he got for Happy, mm-hmm. <laughs> Happy was like the biggest song in yeah, the it's world. It's on Despicable Me. It's on Despicable Me. It's all these things. When you look at me, he looked at his Spotify check. It was nothing. It was five thousand dollars. It was like five Gs for like hundreds of millions. None of, of us are ever going to make a Happy. Let's just be real. I'm, I know right. I'm not making no damn Happy. <laughs> I'm never making a song that big. <laughs> of course, we could be like, "Don't limit yourself, Robert. Right. You can do it." Sure. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but what I know I can do is do shows, have people come because I know I have fans that enjoy what I do and I want to just have more fans that enjoy what I do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, that's how I look at it, you know. Make some noise uh, but, for Robert Glasser know, for having, yeah. having real music for real fans. Yeah. Now, you also do scoring. Yes. We talked a lot about your first scoring experience on the last episode with the Miles Davis movie. Yeah. Shout out to Don Cheeto, Shout out to Don Cheeto who cannot yeah. pronounce Catronata's name for some reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> You scored a mu- you scored a movie that I watched during the pandemic, a movie that touched my heart. Issa Rae, who I I, I love Issa Rae so much. Yeah. And she did this mo- movie I feel like it's underrated, The Photograph. Yes, The Photograph. Um, yeah. Yeah. This movie triggered me. Because at the beginning of the movie, the is like uh Lakeith and I forget the the young lady who played the other character. Uh, They're yeah. arguing over Kendrick versus Drake. Yeah. And Lakeith is saying why he likes Kendrick. And she's like, yeah, I don't want to hear all that conscious. He's trying to message. And I was like, yo, what the fuck? I'm like, yo, Issa Rae, you could have made a movie about anything. And you got people dissing conscious hip-hop. Right. I was upset. Really? But I watched it to the end. Yeah. And by the end of the movie, I don't want to give it away. If you haven't seen the movie. But by the end of the movie... The just Kendrick say it, just talk. Say it. Yeah. At the, okay, this movie came out a long time ago. Yeah. At the end of the movie, he wins her over by taking her to a Kendrick Lamar concert. Absolutely. 
and Absolutely. The Kendrick fans are redeemed. Yeah. Shout out to Drake because I'm definitely a Drake fan. Absolutely. But that's such good movie making yeah. because it had me in my feelings. It had me in my feelings until the payoff at the end. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And she's a real person. That person is a real person. That's a real say person. That. The person will say, I don't want to hear that conscious shit. Yeah. I want to talk about Patron in the club. Right. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but I'm yeah, like, you scored that. And I, I, I watched that movie without knowing you scored it. Yeah. And learned you scored it after the fact. Yeah. And I was like, that's part of why I liked it so much. Yeah. The music of it. The music. And that, that's one of the things. That, that movie was special. First of all, it, came, it went to the theaters two weeks before the pandemic. That's right. So I went to the, yeah, I went to, so. Very I, black movie. Super black movie. I did that movie score in three days with Stella, the director. Shout out to Stella. I sat her next to me with my band, with my trio, piano trio, and we watched the movie and we stopped at each place. They wanted music and I asked her, what is she feeling? What does she want me to portray here? And I wrote everything in front of her. And I just do it, wrote it and then I called the guys in, boom, 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 boom. We did it and I did that whole thing in three days. Fast forward to the premiere of the movie in February, two weeks before it went to theaters. We went to the premiere and her does a song at the end of the movie. She does the ending song, right? She was sitting in front of me. When the movie finished, she turned around to me and said, this score inspired me so much. What are you doing right now? I said, right now? She said, right now, what are you doing? I was like, nothing. She said, let's go to the studio now. Mm. Mm. And I was like, okay. We went to Electric Lady, mm -hmm. and we wrote this song called Better Than I Imagine mm. that night. Mm. Literally, the first thing I played when I sat down at the piano was that riff that's on Better Than I Imagine, mm -hmm. and we ended up winning a Grammy for Best R&B Song Beautiful. for Best, Better Than I Imagine. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Electric Lady is such a magical place. Oh, Jimi man. Hendrix built this studio in the late 60s. Yeah. Um, it was... Uh, that's where a large part of the Reflection Eternal was recorded. Reflection Eternal, we were working on the top floor. On the second floor was Common and Dilla, working on that record. And on the first floor was D'Angelo and Pino Palladino, James Poyser, who I saw in the audience for Rakim, and Questlove working on the Voodoo record. Yep. Me and Madlib went back and to Electric Lady, and we finished Liberation 2. And Electric wow. Lady last year. So wow. shout out to Electric Absolutely. Lady. Absolutely. Shout out to Electric Lady. You know. Matter of fact, we were working on Bilal's album at one point in college. It was that same thing. D'Angelo was working on Voodoo. Mm -hmm. Studio A. Yeah, this is all the same. Erica was working on yep. Mama's Gun. Mama's Gun, yeah. And Bilal was on, we were on, on C or yep, whatever C. in the top. Yeah. Yep. And my dorm was across the street. That's right. And that's we were, right. Yeah, all that stuff that's was right, happening at the same time. That's right. That's right. Matter of fact, we used to play uh, Quali. <laughs> the, we used to play that in Bilal's band. That was our opening song. When, and Bilal would use it. We would play that song while Bilal's walking on stage. But That's he, uh, but sometimes he would just take like 30 minutes to walk on stage. Like, what are you doing? Right. And we would play playing that song for like, so people might hate it now because we played that song for like 30 minutes without Bilal on stage. All right, so you're making me feel crazy because I brought Bilal out for my set yesterday oh, word. and we had such a good time yeah. but then I it ate into the time so towards the end I'm cutting things out yeah. and I didn't mean to do this yeah. but I cut out the blast I didn't do the blast yesterday are you serious? I didn't think about that till two hours later I was like oh shit oh we didn't do the blast <laughs> I was like why did I do the blast because we skipped to the end I skipped right. that section yeah but that's what we're all doing on these sets yeah because that's one one of the great things about this festival 
it's normally when you go to a festival, that person does their set. That person does their set. Like if you've seen them play before, you're going to see the same thing. They're doing their show. Here, it's a community. Mm-hmm. And you don't know who's hopping on stage with who. And we're all changing our sets and yeah. figuring out because the time got to be a certain thing. So we're both doing that. Like yeah. yesterday, I was doing that. Like, who's on the side of the stage? Oh, all right, let me cut this. Right. Come, let's do this. Let me add this person real quick. Like, that's the beauty of this. That's the jazz spine of this here. We're in the moment making art in real life, in real life, in real time. You know what I mean? Make some noise for Robert Glasper and Blue No Jazz Festival. I just have two more questions. I'm going to let him get back to what he got to do. On the last time we spoke, you spoke about working with Anita Baker because she slid into your DMs. Yes. Are we ever going to hear that music? Did it come out? Did I miss it? No, it never came out. Okay, okay. The album she did, Anita Baker hit me on Twitter in the DMs. (laughs) It was because I I tweeted, hey, I'm, I'm coming to L.A., you know. And at the time, Anita Baker was on Blue Note. With We were both on Blue Note Records, but we never met each other. I said, I'm coming to L.A. She said, hey, do you want to come by the studio and listen to my new record? I want your thoughts. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so went to the studio, same studio. She recorded Angel in, by the way. Mm. Um, went to the studio. She answered the door in oven mitts <laughs> because she was making ribs. That's how you want to encounter. That's how you want to encounter one of your heroes. Absolutely, she's yeah. making ribs, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So we did. She let me hear her record, and it was it was a great record, you know. And she she was literally like, "I wish I would have known you were coming." I, w- I mean, I wish I wasn't to the end of this record. I, I would have loved to do a song with you. And I said, "Well, I'll write you a song right now, like right now." Right. And she was like, "What?" I said, "I'll write it now. Give me a minute." And I literally sat there. In ten minutes, I wrote a song. And I went to my friend's house. We're in L.A. I went to my friend's house, Andre Harris, mm-hmm. Trey Harris. Went to his house. He flushed it out, put some drums, some guitar on there. But my mom called Sir. Shout out to Sir. Shout out to Sir. Called Sir. He came over to D-Smoke's that. D-Smoke's brother, by the way. D-Smoke's brother. He came Tiffany over to Goucher's the Tiffany Goucher's cousin. cousin. That yeah. family is crazy. Yeah, that's a wild so family many dope, right there. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. They're so, they're so talented. Right. Her Sir came over, wrote the, wrote the lyrics, sang it down. We emailed it to Anita that night. She learned it overnight, came in the morning, sung it down one time, and said to me, only three times in my life has a song been given to me that fit like a couture dress. I didn't know what a couture dress was, but it sounded great. Right. And she said, this is the third time. And I have it in my computer, but the, her deal with Blue Note went weird, and they never put the album out. But I have the song. But it was an amazing, one of the best you experiences have to play of my me. life. Oh, I will. Yeah. I, for, for sure. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I got one more question for Robert Glass, but I just want to know what you got coming up next. Um, coming up next, I have some some uh, scores came out. Oh, yeah, I did the score for this show called Winning Time. I mean, so yeah, Winning yeah, Time. Yeah, it's a great show. How many Winning people watched Winning Time? I did the score for HBO. Winning Time on HBO. Shout out to... Um, the, the intro song yeah. the, is the coup featuring Black Thought and me. Yes. But my verse is not... Didn't make... Got, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to Boots <laughs> Riley as well. Yeah, and uh, my brother Nick Bertel, who got me on that with him too. Um, but the second season's coming out in August. We just finished the score for the second season. The second season of another thing I score with with my bro uh, Derek Hodge. Um, um, it's called. Um, 
Run the World Season 2 is out. That soundtrack came out like yesterday or two days ago, something like that. So the soundtrack for Run the World Season 2 is out. Shout out to Derek Hodge. Shout out to Derek um, Hodge. Shout, shout actually, out to Chris Daddy Dave. Yes. Jahi Sundance. Shout out to Isaiah Shark. He was on stage. Absolutely. With Robert Glasper and them. Absolutely. And um, yeah, I got some, yeah, just just uh, doing some more scores. I got some movie stuff happening. And after this, I'm going to start curating my my um, Robtober festival for October. So if you're in New York in October, come through to the Blue Note. We'll be there for, like you said, for six months. So. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, show your love to Robert Glasper. He's the reason y'all are here right now. Show your love. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Brother. Thanks, Tyler. Appreciate you.